So there's an ancient Easter custom called the Rises Pasquale, which in Latin means uh, the Easter kind of joy or the Easter rise. And the idea of the Pasqu Rises Pasquales is that on Easter Sunday, you're supposed to tell a joke. So wish me luck, here I go. Uh, so there was a school class once, they were about grade two or grade three, and it was just after Easter. And the teacher saw the students sitting there, you know, like how they sit at the carpet. And it was just after Easter, as I said, and the teacher said to all the students, what do you think the first thing that Jesus said after he rose from the dead was? What do you think were his first words? And right away, little Susie at the back of the class kind of raises her hand and is waving it up in the air. And the teacher says, yes, Susie, please stand and tell the class what Jesus said when he rose from the dead. So Susie jumps to her feet, spreads out her arms and says, ta-da! It's the best I could do this morning. Thank you. So, maybe some of you have heard of the church called the Holy Sepulchre. The Holy Sepulchre. This is an ancient church in Jerusalem. It was built in the 4th century by Constantine. And this church is built over the site which, as far as we can tell, held Golgotha, the hill on which Jesus died, and also the tomb of Christ. And this is a very ancient church. You walk inside, there's art everywhere. It's quite complicated, to be honest. It's like a bit of a maze, especially with all the pilgrims streaming in and out. And you can climb up some steep stairs to a chapel that is above Golgotha. And as well, a short distance away, still within this large basilica, you find a small chapel. And it's called the Edikul or Ediculo, however you want to say it. And this small chapel is built over the place which, as far as we can tell, Jesus was buried. It used to be a cave, as we find in the Gospels, but over the years, this cave was damaged. It was vandalized at one point in time. So there's not much remaining of that cave. But still, they have this beautiful ancient chapel there that's inside the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And you can walk into this chapel. It's very small. And you can see a bench there that they believe Jesus was laid on. There's a National Geographic documentary, actually, that was released a few years ago, The Tomb of Christ. I highly recommend it. I'm not getting paid to say this, but it is a good documentary. You can see it on Disney+. And so one time, I had the opportunity, actually, to celebrate Mass there in this small chapel. And they set up an altar over top of the bench. And it's a wonderful experience. The only kind of hitch to this experience is that you have to have Mass very early. So I think when I had Mass there, it was about 5 a.m. So I went in there at 5 a.m. and I walked. I was studying in Jerusalem at the time and I walked to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and it was just before dawn. The sun was just about to rise. And as I was there in this small chapel with just a few other people celebrating Mass, it was quite a profound experience. Because there, as we celebrated Mass, we read this same gospel that I just read, this account of the resurrection. And I couldn't help but ask myself as I stood there in this small chapel, here I am, early in the morning, just as the beloved disciple and Peter went early in the morning to the tomb of Christ, so too I was here at the tomb of Christ early in the morning. And again, as far as we can tell, this is where Christ was buried. However, the challenging part then came next. The beloved disciple and Peter, when they entered that empty tomb, they saw the burial shrouds there. They saw and they believed that Christ had risen from the dead. 
And I couldn't help but ask myself while celebrating Mass, do I really believe that Christ rose from the dead? Do I actually believe that this happened just as Peter, just as the beloved disciple did? Resurrection or the belief in the resurrection, of course, is not easy. It's not something that's easy to believe. There's no like closed circuit television. When you go to the tomb of Christ now, there's like cameras everywhere because they want to make sure no one does anything to it. But at that time, of course, there's no photographic evidence. It's difficult sometimes to believe in the resurrection of Jesus. But ultimately, each of us are on our own journey of faith. Each of us are growing slowly but, slow, slowly but surely to believe in the resurrection of Christ. And we all come to faith in different ways. And Jesus is there to accompany us along the journey. In John's gospel that we heard today, this is portrayed in a very beautiful way. In John's gospel, there's a number of post-resurrection appearance accounts. And in each of these appearance accounts, Jesus shows himself to different people. The beloved disciple, Peter, Mary Magdalene, Thomas, a large group who's gathered in the upper room. And what's quite fascinating and beautiful in the way that John has depicted these resurrection accounts is that different people come to faith in Christ via different means. And this actually is symbolized by senses. John loves to use the five senses that we have. And so different people come to believe in Christ through different senses. And if you were paying attention, we saw two senses uh, in today's gospel. The beloved disciple and Peter emptied, enter the empty tomb, and they believe through seeing. They see the burial shrouds wrapped up. They see them and believe. How did Mary Magdalene actually come to believe that Christ had risen? It's quite interesting, right? She's there at the tomb, which is in a garden in John's gospel. So she sees Jesus, but she thinks he's a gardener. He doesn't yet recognize her. She doesn't yet recognize him, rather. And this goes the same for us in our life, right? The risen Christ is all around us, but we don't recognize him sometime. And then Mary Magdalene finally recognizes it is Christ. How? When she calls his name, when she hears his voice. So we have seeing, we have hearing, Later on in this gospel, if you keep reading, you will read about the famous story of Thomas, doubting Thomas, right? And how did Thomas come to faith in the resurrection? He wanted to touch. He wanted to touch the wounds of Jesus. So John, in this way, is trying to teach us an important story. We all come to faith in Jesus in different ways. We come to faith in the resurrection gradually. It can take some time. For some of us, belief in the resurrection can kind of be an intellectual thing, maybe we read some books and this can help us. For others, and I think a lot of us, we rely on the testimony of others. We believe the testimony or the reports of people who say that Christ rose from the dead and this was passed down. And this is testimony that we can choose to accept or we can deny. And we can think, for example, of the testimony of St. Peter, as we are here in the Church of St. Peter's, and we see that St. Peter has this incredible turnaround in John's gospel. So when Jesus is arrested, when Jesus is tried, when Jesus is killed, Peter, this person who was hand-chosen to be the leader of Jesus' disciples, flees. Peter denies he even, even knew Jesus. And then something remarkable happens. Some time later, Peter goes about and he starts preaching this news 
about Jesus, and he does so in the face of suffering and ultimately his own death. So as far as we can tell, Peter was killed sometime in the 60s during the persecution of Nero. And we need to ask ourselves what accounts for this difference. How can Peter move from being someone who denies Jesus, who is fearing for his life, to someone who goes to preach Christ, ultimately in the face of suffering and his own death? At a certain point, we need to take seriously the answer that Peter himself gave. Peter changed completely because he met the risen Christ. Peter encountered the risen Lord, and this changed his life entirely. And as Catholics, as Christians, our faith in the resurrection is really rooted in these testimonies of those people who witnessed Christ rise from the dead. And we all, of course, come to faith in the resurrection. Slowly, Christ is with us. And for us, this growth in faith can come differently. We're all unique individuals. Ultimately, however, when we have faith in the resurrection, it's meant to transform us. It's meant to turn us into people of hope. Ultimately, it's meant to turn us into people of the dawn. So remember again, when does the resurrection accounts happen? It's at dawn. It's at morning when the sun is rising. And this is a very important symbol for John in his gospel. We, of course, live in a world where there's many blessings, many goodness, But at the same time, there's many challenges. We have personal sufferings. We have struggles in our life. Ultimately, these difficulties and struggles can become like a darkness that clings around us. Now, in each and every day, there are, of of course, two times when it is changing from light to darkness, right? The first time is at dusk. I believe that's what it's called, right? When it goes from evening to night. Dusk and dawn when it's changing from dark to light. And each of us need to make a decision. Do we see ourselves as people of the dusk or people of the dawn? Do we believe that we live in a world where things are gradually becoming more dark, where the darkness is getting worse and worse, people of the dusk? Or do we believe we're people of the dawn, where yes, there are struggles, there are difficulties, but we have hope ultimately that the sun is rising, Because Jesus rose from the dead, we're filled with this hope that Christ is the light of the world, that ultimately the light is coming to scatter the darkness. And this changes entirely how we view life, our challenges. It transforms us to be people of hope, of joy, of optimism. Ultimately, this faith in the resurrection is meant to transform us. At Easter, it's an opportunity for us to recommit ourselves to our baptismal promises to recommit ourselves to be people of the dawn, people who believe in the resurrection of Christ. And this is symbolized really by what we see in front of me here, the Easter candle. So last night at the Easter vigil, we blessed this new candle. You'll notice that it's significantly taller than the one that was here a couple days ago, so it's brand new. And we blessed this Easter candle at the start of the Easter vigil outside the church, and we lit a large fire. And this fire is to represent ultimately Christ, who is light of the world, Christ whose resurrection scatters the darkness. And then we enter the church and everybody's tapers are lit from this paschal candle, which represents the resurrection of Christ. And we enter the church in darkness, but slowly but surely, as this light from the paschal candle spreads throughout the church, it illuminated the entire church. Ultimately, the same thing happens at our baptism. 
At our baptism, whether we were baptized as a child or an adult, we all received a candle that was lit from the Easter candle, and we were told, receive the light of Christ, keep this light burning in your lives, shine this light to those around you. At baptism, then, we receive this light of Christ, and just like the light of these small candles lights up the church at Easter Vigil, so too we as Catholics, as Christians, as the baptized, carry this light of Christ, which might seem small, into the world. And if we all do a good job of carrying this light of Christ, we will scatter the darkness that is there. We will bring hope and we will bring joy and peace to people around us. So really the Easter Vigil then, this Easter Sunday especially, is a time for us to recommit ourselves to the belief ultimately in the resurrection, recommit our baptismal promises. So very shortly then, after this homily in fact, we're going to redo our baptismal promises in question and answer form. The response, and this is kind of, I'm giving away the, the answers here as I do, okay? That's the response, just so you know. So we'll do that, and then I'm going to go and sprinkle you all with water, with holy water that was blessed last night at the Easter Vigil. So as we do that then, let us really recommit ourselves to our baptismal promises, recommit ourselves to our belief in the resurrection, and we pray ultimately that on this Easter Sunday morning, we will have the grace to hear in a new way, just as Mary Magdalene did, Jesus Christ calling our name, that when Christ the risen Lord calls our name in different ways, it transforms us completely.